side of Eden The sky was still brand new And it was sweet to be with Eve Even though last week she had a little incident with you It is Monday, it is six o'clock, means it is time for the Mutiny Radio Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Every Monday from six to eight, comedians come and work out there. New jokes, old jokes, red blokes, red jokes, blue jokes, all kinds of stuff. Good times. Uh, And then people pay attention to their uh, comedian peers and they give them 
feedback. So make sure that you guys take notes and pay attention. Uh, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. And uh, yeah, we'll get right started here. Just so you guys know, we're listening today in the fills to Merry Christmas, comma, Eve uh, by Mike King. It's funny Christmas music by this uh, interesting fella that sent it to us in the mail. So if you guys send us a CD in the mail, we'll sure play it. Um, also, getting ready for the upcoming Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. It's going to be March 2nd through 6th. Currently still nailing down some sponsors. Maybe you're a sponsor. Maybe you have an item or you have your own business and you want to support local comedians by giving them things in their gift bags or just giving us money so we can make this festival the coolest festival that ever cooled. All right. We have enough people. We're going to get started. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for your first comedian. It's Jesse Warren. Nobody knows what he stole a sleigh and crashed into the manger in a neighbor's yard. Everybody sang a reindeer song And the elves all played along Hey guys Thanks So uh, so I used to play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh uh, if you guys don't know what Yu-Gi-Oh is, just picture something called Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, it's a card game that uh, a lot of kids play. Uh, I used to be real good at it. I was the Seattle uh, regional champion. I traveled all over the country playing competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. This is the thing I did, uh, which uh, which was fun. And uh, there, so when Yu-Gi-Oh is a little dramatic, you don't you don't play Yu-Gi-Oh against people. You duel them. You duel somebody in Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, which, is, which is funny because a duel used to mean like a fight between two grown men over, over a woman they barely knew. But now a duel is a, is a fight between two teenagers, a metaphorical fight between two teenagers over a girl they will never meet. Uh, yeah. Uh, Uh, there's a hierarchy in these card games. So Yu-Gi-Oh is similar to Pokemon, if you know, you know what Pokemon is. So, but uh, we look down on Pokemon players. On multiple occasions, I've told a Pokemon player to suck my Pokeballs. I've said that, and I, I regret it, but I said it. Uh, uh, we look down on Pokemon players, people who played Magic. I love Magic! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh players were less cool than people who played Magic, and people who played Magic were less cool than people who didn't play Magic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, it took three years after I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh before I dated a girl. That's how long it takes for the stench of Yu-Gi-Oh to wear off me. Uh, girls would look at me and they'd be like, they, "She, he's probably got a card on him somewhere." <laughs> uh, so there. Mm. I used to, I uh, I work out I work out a lot. I'm also a computer programmer, so I I see like these two different worlds. It's interesting because because uh, I think after seeing both worlds, I think that workout guys are way nerdier than computer programmers. Because a computer programmer will be like, whoa, well, yeah, certainly I'll fix your computer, 
but a, a workout guy will be like, well, you you should drink that pre-workout, not post-workout. And I'm just like, shut up, nerd. What are you what are you talking about? Well, 30 grams of protein powder. Uh, that's real nerdy. You should, you should say those things. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I want. I think they're nerds. I want to take a guy's fucking sh- protein shaker bottle when he says 30 grams of protein powder. I'll take it. I want to open it up. I want to masturbate and do it. Oh. And I hand it back to him. I say 35 grams of protein powder. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think. Yeah, I think I think people who work out, I hate people who work out and like will talk like they're hardworking people just because they work out if that's their thing. Uh, they'll be like grind all day, posting a picture of them at the gym. But man, if you work out for two hours, three minutes of that is actually spent working out and the rest is spent flexing in the mirror. You guys are lazy motherfuckers. Uh, um, skateboarders are overdramatic. I think they are, they're overdramatic in how they name... Their tricks, they'll be like, I just did an ollie backflip 360. I just want to be like, hey, man, you spun. Uh, another one is like, hey, man, I just did a triple axle tail side double dolphin 720. I just want to be like, hey, man, you spun. <laughs> uh, uh, I was in a frat for, for my first year of college. And there's a group of six of us uh, that we and we, we we called ourselves the Bone Squad. We sucked, man. It was awful. And our motto, we coined it ourselves, was "Let's regret this." Uh, I don't have a joke about that, but it's crazy that that was a thing I did. Thank you. I can't believe you played Yu-Gi-Oh. I have. I don't know if I have more or less respect for you now. Do you do you do you actually know how to play magic though? Why didn't yeah, you play magic? Well, I played magic. I was, I was good at magic. Too. Oh, okay. But I was real good at Yu-Gi-Oh. You were really good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. All right. I, hey, I, I I played magic, but guys, uh, we've got two working microphones up there in the front. Comments for Jesse Warren. Besides that, I had no idea that your inner dork was so strong. Yeah. What's up, man? Hey. Hey, I think. The Yu-Gi-Oh thing was fun, but until you actually tell us what it is, I feel like you're holding us hostage. So uh, do people not know what it is? Yeah, I don't know what oh, it is. Shit. Okay. And I, I don't get laid. So I think you just gotta like start okay. start with that, and then yeah. all the jokes will fall out because before you tell us, we're spending so much time trying to guess what the game is to like ever have the have the chance it's a poor to poor assumption to know that to think that I thought that most people would just know what that is. It's yeah. Just, well, if like half the people don't know. I yeah. Mean, no, two, I, I was if, just wrong. If, yeah. um, and then I don't think so the comparison I think like you can say that gym rats are also nerds I don't I don't think you want to say that someone is nerd like gym rats are nerdier than nerds because then I'm like I have this comparison in my head that I'm trying to work out and I'm sort of questioning and doubting you if you can just say just because you're a gym rat doesn't mean you're not doesn't mean you're not a nerd you're just a nerd about gym stuff and then go into that and I think just those are like two small things that would like because I was like sort of fighting you in my mind when there's no reason to like you have the premises are like like the things make sense and you have things to say about them but just like take care of those and I think it'll just like free me up to sort of like get into the joke instead of like try and fight you in my head on on the premises thank you yeah yeah, I think this is Paul Sanford here and I think I think the rule of thumb is why leave out anybody in your audience 
that might cost you that laugh from that oh, one yeah. person. See, so that's it's not that most people know it, but there might be somebody who doesn't. Sure, Gee, I'll explain. So that's it. kind of. But I, I had no idea what Ugil was, but I certainly am going to include it in my act. I'm up next. See, okay, okay, because it just sounds like yeah. a wonderful word. Yeah, it's a okay. good word. And and then are you? How are you feeling right now? How am I feeling? Yeah. <laughs> I feel Cause, okay. Because I try to do the critique based on. I think you know your level of comfort on stage. Uh -huh. I know how comfortable you feel. Uh -huh. um, if you're uncomfortable, play that. Okay. If you're, you see, if you're uncomfortable, if you're a little nervous, play that. Let us in on that. Okay. You know, you know? Huh. say, hey, look, I'm a little nervous up here, but or whatever. You don't even have to say that. Just, just if you're comfortable not mm. being comfortable, mm. that makes us more comfortable. Yeah, I wasn't uncomfortable. I just didn't know really what I was going to talk about today. So I was just like thinking about what I was going to. Yeah, say. yeah. But you understand. Those of us, those there are a lot of comedians here, but some people are are able to, are capable of empathy. So if you're up there uncomfortable, we're uncomfortable for you. Sure, so I'm, you, I'm trying to get more comfortable though. So I don't know if I would try like openly own. But the other thing is to just be open that you're, you know, okay. you're you're okay with being beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're not up there apologizing for being pretty. Uh, okay. See, so if you're, I mean, if you're. Uh, if you're see now, are you more comfortable or less comfortable? No, man, I'm less comfortable. Than yeah, that. it makes that, sense. But that's okay. But now, now they're on your side against me <laughs> that I've made you uncomfortable. See, but if we're the audience and we're making you uncomfortable, then we feel bad. Okay. So, so help us out with that a little okay. bit. Okay. A little bit. Cool. Okay. Yeah, with Thank the you. with the comparison of uh, of nerds and jocks, I think that's that's good. There's a lot you can do with that. I feel like that the premise is good. I think it kind of hinges on like going into the science of them like preparing like not just like you got to drink that before but like the science of like you need 35 grams of this you need yeah. five grams of b12 and you need this and that and then be like yeah they're the only guys who still use latin to talk about their body you know yeah. talking about like glutes and all that shit yeah and, and, the, and your cool. thing of you got another ounce that was really kind of savage and greatly savage another, oh the you got another ounce yeah. that, that was like in your face, sucker, from yeah. a nice person, which is really powerful. Okay. Yeah? Cool. And in one five-minute span, I think for a San Francisco audience, cramming in programmer, gym guy, and I was in a fraternity is probably a lot for people. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't have enough to elaborate on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it's good because like I like to do that kind of like you know making fun of myself thing too, but sometimes coming out of the gate that's a lot for some people to handle yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like i mean did i did Yu-Gi-Oh and i did these you know three other things yeah okay anyway. the best cool. line was i don't have a punchline for that okay that's a real no that's a real swagger line you know i yeah. have a concept i shared it with you i don't have a punchline for it but wow yeah. you know that was terrific okay because i do that <laughs> okay <laughs> so it must be brilliant Sweet. <laughs> all right Thanks. Yay, Jesse Warren. All right, everybody. Uh, take notes if you want. That always helps uh, so that you can give really uh, concise feedback to the comics today. Please welcome your next comedian, Paul Sanford. Yeah, you, you're second on the list. You didn't remember? You're... I'm second on, okay, it's Paul. It's Paul Sanford. It's, it's, wow, wow. Uh, you know, am I uncomfortable on stage? I'm, you know, I'm so uncomfortable before I get on stage wondering, you know, am I going to poop my pants this time? I mean, you just poop your pants on stage one time and you're, 
See, already you're uncomfortable with it. I'm going to change gears, okay? All right. You don't care. Oh, yeah. Hi, people at home. I have a room full of comedians here, and I'm trying not to disgrace. I went to the Department of Motor Vehicles today. I just got out. I just had got parole at 4.30 and came over here. Have any of you ever been to the DM, the V? Yeah, yeah the DM, the V. You know, they have new face recognition cameras. They watch every person in there, and they wait until you have just given up and despaired and are about to go home, and then they call your number. You know, you, you've, you've been there. The DM, the D, the M, and the V, did you know it's a privilege to drive and not a right? It's a privilege to drive. So, man, they can take that privilege away from you at any time. It got me thinking as I drove up there and I'm standing in the line. It's Oakland, and so I'm standing in the line with a bunch of people of various hues of skin, you know? And I wanted to call up and say, there's a white person in the line back here. Come on, let's get this line moving. There's a white person back here, and I got white privilege. I don't know about the And I'm going to give my white privilege to all my people, all my people with melanin here. And, you know, they didn't listen. They didn't care. You know, white privilege does not work because it's a privilege and not a right. And, and, and us all, all us, all us pale-skinned people up here trying to talk about white privilege, we miss the point. Privilege is a privilege and not a right. You know, and fuck that. You know, I, I, these guys are all, they're up on stage with their prick privilege. You know, I like my prick, it belongs in you. You know, no, 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 it's a privilege to have it. In the woman, see, it's it's it's, it's not that's your right to have her swallow your semen. You know, it's a privilege. It's a it's a token of effect. Or maybe she's hungry. I don't know. Maybe it's that extra ounce and she wants it cheap. I don't know. I mean, look, I never even played yogurt, and I still don't get laid. So you know, there may be more to it than that. Maybe you're secretly 67 years old and a giant asshole. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? People are always blaming. Oh, I have the privilege to not get laid because of this. No, 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 no. Maybe you just don't get laid because you're unfuckable. You know, I face that. I face that fact that I may be unfuckable. Not a dry eye in the audience. Not one person's going to say, Paul, I find you fuckable. What a risk that would be. What a risk that would be. You know, I, I live with lesbians. And what's really nice about living with lesbians is you get some kind of a clue of what women want. You know? And I walked in here and I saw a couple of ladies. And she's holding her, her loved one's hand. And she's just touching each knuckle tenderly. And my only thought was, I gotta try that. <laughs> Whoa. In fact, I remember I was on a date, okay Cupid date. Don't go on an okay Cupid date. It is stupid. Do not go on an okay. But I actually picked her hand up off the table and I put it against my cheek. And she was, mmm, you know, she not, they don't care about your dick. They want to know, do you have a little romance in you? All right, guys, here I am, 100 years of age, giving dating tips to children. You know, eventually you'll need it, you know? Eventually when you're overwhelming sexual attractiveness. But here, here's, we have, we have a lesbian couple here, and they are beautiful women. They are women that any man in this room would be just privileged to be with. Not a right, but privilege. And you know, and I know the guys get to too bad they're batting for the other team, and they're saying, as if I would fuck you, you know, as if you'd be on my list. Because that's what lesbians do. That's a lesbian joke. That's what you get lesbians. Hey, it's a privilege to live with lesbians because you find out what assholes men are, including yourself when you leave the room. Hey, it's women do women have their idea of privilege too. I'm dating this woman. 
She's actually lying on my chest, comfortable, sighing, saying, this is so nice. And she says, you know, I'm not really interested in penetration. Now, now, I, I swear, I don't have the tapes, but she did say that. And, and, you know, I went home and told my housemate, she said, oh, then she's dating the right man. Oh, come on, what about e, the erectile dysfunction privilege, you know? I ain't going to rape you because I can't, you know? I'm, I'm not interested in, in consent because I don't need consent, I need help. I don't know what part of this does not penetrate. No, it's penetrate, wrong word, wrong word, penetrate. I do not have the privilege of talking about sex on stage because it sounds creepy to all of you. I actually said from this stage that this woman found out she was 4% Neanderthal, and I thought... I'd like to be 4% into her. And everybody thought I was talking about putting my little stubby dick 4% into her. I mean, come on. Clean up your minds, guys. I was talking about soul fucking. I don't know what I was talking about. I was just talking. I just get up on stage and I have the privilege. I have bipolar privilege. Anyway, I've learned at my age, you can't always finish, but you can stop. Thank you for enduring me. I don't know what is worse. All right, guys. Comments Paul Sanford. Right, does this one work? Yeah. I have one tag for you, potentially. When you're talking about uh, living with two lesbians and how that gives you a good idea of what women want, yeah, you could say something like, yeah, you know, being alive for 67 years and living with two women, I feel like I finally have a good idea of what women want, and it's not dick. There you go. Good, good. Classic. But that, but see, that would be male cliche. And but you're right. You're right. You're, but isn't that your whole thing? Is that you're just not slinging dick anymore? I don't know. I'm just rolling with it. Right. Joey. You're right. right. That would be like that would be the male-oriented cliche that it's not dick. You know. Sure. Yeah. And then it rolls into the hand stroking. I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thank you. Ah. Hand stroking is very, very nice. It is. Yeah. Particularly if my hand is involved. Watching it is nice too. Listen, I was at the DMV today. I can take anything. Okay. So uh, you're, you kind of talk about like some comics get up on stage and sort of look like they're gonna poop their pants, like, but you really look like you could poop your pants. Right. Like, right. So like I think I have. you need to. Right, right. I think you need to like sell us on the difference between a con- like. Joey. Yeah. Jesse, sorry, Jesse like kind of looks like he could poop his pants. Like you're the like you're in severe danger of pooping your pants. Like this is you're just one sneeze away or something like that. So you how know? do you like the twist that I have and I'm trying not to? I, I no, didn't really, no, I didn't really, I didn't really buy it. See, that was over the line. Okay, I didn't really but, buy it. Okay, but say it again. Say it again so it penetrates. Uh, just the difference between a comic like Jesse that kind of looks like he might poop their pants, but you're 67. You have. IBS, and you're I'm bipolar, you're one, and, yeah, you're one right. something. Away. I'm just you're one far away from far soiling away. myself. Well, yeah, one fire away from soiling myself. Is that a good line? Okay. I don't think fart because it's already in the same zone. I think it's one more sharp. surprising. It's more like you know if someone, uh, if a taxi cab honks too loudly or something, make yeah. it a little bit more surprising. Good. good. Um, and then this is talking, a workshop. I love it. Um, also, you kind of like drove in. You talk about pri- right, a right versus a privilege, but then when you got into the white privilege, it just seemed like out of nowhere. So if you're going to start talking about white privilege, you just talked about a general privilege of driving, and then all of a sudden you got into white privilege, and you just there was no segue or nothing 
that was sort of clear to help me like understand where the whole white thing came from. Thank so you. I just didn't like. I could have. Per, I mean, it's a lot. It's hard to get a San Francisco audience on board. There was a connection board. in my head, but yeah, not, but I, I don't think it. Came I didn't out sell it to us. you. Okay, good. That's yeah. That's I kind exactly. of agree with the lesbian things. I mean, I know it's sort of obvious, but you're really setting. After living with lesbians, I know what women want. And trust me, it's not. A, I mean, that's like. Yeah. It's almost like the layup is right there. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna do it or uh, not? Uh, good. Um, I just get up here and try to be funny, and I appreciate the feedback. I don't Thanks. think that prick privilege is a funny thing to say. I don't like it as alliteration. I don't know. I think that you could say. I know you're trying to be clever by saying prick privilege, but it doesn't sound like a thing. It doesn't have enough of a. You're you're. It's the crux of your whole joke, and I just don't think that the, even the terminology holds up. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. I, I, I think of it as biting social satire. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think if I went on to it more, I think, like, guys watch pornography and they think immediately the woman has got to suck her, his cock. Oh, no, cock. I understand what you're you saying. You I just don't, don't like think it's funny. I don't, I don't think it's new or original. I don't think that saying prick privilege is, I mean, it's, all it is is alliteration. Which is great. Alliteration's great, but it's not like super funny alliteration, and it's just so not. Tell me what you think I ought to do. I just don't think I don't I don't think that premise has legs. As or, part of privilege. Uh, if you want to maybe start with, it's not you're not it's. Okay. I've said this to you before. Every time Richard Pryor got up on stage, he thought to himself, I want them to like me. I want them to like me. And when you come out of the box with this, and then pork privilege, it's not likable. I'd like to see you try to be likable. That's all. Just try to make the audience think oh, about think yeah. about trying to be liked. And I'm such a sweetheart, really. With, I, deep, yeah, but let yeah. the audience see that. Like maybe come out with... That sweetness. So did, did you feel like I, I was I don't know. too much in attack mode, folks? Yeah, okay. Kind of. I have that, and I get that here. I'm better, I think I'm better at that elsewhere, but here I just kind of get carried away and forget to go for likability. Well, we're right here. We're, we're like, maybe in a larger room it might sell better but oh, no, no, I, there's eight of us like right in front of you and no, when I actually have over. in the middle of my act I stop and say wow I gotta calm down I want them, don't want them to think I'm gonna be like Jurassic Park and you, come you off the stage and eat the tourists right, you know? and you don't want them to think that you're gonna poop your pants on yeah, stage yeah I, 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 I work on that consciously and actively because I get that feedback here right. and I appreciate it very work, much David alright put your hands together Betty it's Paul Zanford All right, we're messing with the order a little bit uh, at the request of our next comic. Put your hands together, everybody. It's Maggie Beasley. Hey, guys. Also, when someone says penetration, my mind just dies. I'm like a 12-year-old kid. I'm like, they said penetration. <laughs> what do we all do now? Um, oh, Jesse was talking about how I like that Jesse was talking about the stuff that we maybe already knew about him. Like he plays cards and he was in a fraternity and lifts and is a programmer. Um, and so I'll so tell you something that maybe you already know about me, maybe you don't. Um, but, um, well, for one thing, so uh, when I went to college, uh, my college didn't have um, fraternities or sororities, but we did have something you signed that was like, I will, essentially, I will not give my boyfriend a blowjob or girlfriend. Uh, 
you know, a lady blowjob. <laughs> I'm like, I know what that's called. Um, but yeah, at my at, like at my university, everybody goes away to college, and you're like, I'm finally gonna this gonna live. And I was like, No, I'm gonna go um, to this place where like you pray in class. <laughs> like that's how they started class was with a prayer. Um, so I got a nice liberal education uh, in Utah, um, which maybe maybe you understand what I'm saying. Oh, well, okay, sorry, I'm just gonna take it back. But I, I know what I'm going to say. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but anyways, I am, I'm married. And so a lot of times people are like, you're so young. Why did you get married? Like, once you get married, you never have sex anymore. Um, and uh, I don't feel like people should make that call about me because before I was married, I was Mormon. And so I was having none sex before I got married. <laughs> Like, you, I could, you, for me to have less sex than I was having before I got married would be for me to, like, have to stop dry humping my boyfriend for three hours and almost touching his dick. <laughs> like, that's the less sex that I could be having. Um, and uh, I am a super horny person. Like, the reason I started doing stand-up comedy was uh, because my husband threatened to start withholding sex from me unless I tried it. Yes, like that works on the ladies also. Uh, we do have a sex drive. Um, and uh, man, I'm blinking so much tonight, sorry. Um, but yeah, so I uh, tried stand-up comedy and you can basically get me to do a lot of stuff with that. Like I, I know that about myself, I'm a super horny person. Like right now I'm looking for a job and I'm really nervous that in my process of looking for a job that I'll get to like the final interview and they'll be like, Maggie, we've really enjoyed getting to know you. Why don't you just tell us like three personal things about yourself? Uh, and I'll be like, I am a people person and uh, I'm a hard worker and I am super horny 90% of the time. <laughs> like that's just where I'm at most of the time. Like any, any, old, any old thing in the office could set me off. Like the smooth sound of papers printing. That backtrack could really get me going. Um, and I've kind of been that way since I was like a little kid uh, when I got a little bit Lewis and Clark on my own body, if you will. Had a little sexual awakening. My little Sacagawea fingers just leading the way. And, um, and it happened in a normal place, you know, in, in the family piano room. Like, you know, the piano room where the piano has its own room. <laughs> and, like, your church people come over and sing hymns. Uh, and so we're all, like, sitting in the, in the piano room on a phone call with my grandpa, like a conference call. And I'm the youngest kid, so no one gives a shit if I have a seat. So all the seats are taken. So I just, like, sprawl like a, a beach whale across the piano bench because I'm not a fucking adult. I'm, like, a kid, so I'm going to just lay on the piano bench. And uh, and I start like kicking to in protest with my body language to show like I'm so fucking pissed no one's listening to me but I'm not gonna be a bitch about it I'm just gonna like kind of use my body language to tell you and um, and I start like feeling what it means to be a lady like sparking the flint downstairs and instead of backing off and like I'm gonna double back on this one and see what happens later, like not in front of my family. I was just like, bring it on, let's go forward Sacagawea, like let's see where this takes us. Um, so in front of my entire family, I just 
kick off into my first orgasm. Um, but instead of like a portion of my mind still really wants to talk to my grandpa. So as I'm coming, I am like screaming, I want to talk to grandpa. Um, and I feel like a lot of people say you can, there's nothing you can do that can't be, that hasn't been done already. But like, I'm pretty sure on the record, no one else has screamed, I want to talk to grandpa while they came. <laughs> like, I think that's mine. And, uh, and afterwards, my mom, like, she called me over and I'm like wiping the sweat back from my face. And she was just like, did you just have an itch? Like, what happened over there? And I was like, yeah, I had an itch. And she's like, well, some itches we itch in private. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. I get it. So then as soon as every time when my mom would leave to go get groceries or something, I would like run into the piano room and I'd be like, we got the house to ourselves. We can fuck to my piano bench, my first sexual partner. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay up there. Comments, everybody. Comments for the piano bench fucker. All right. So really cool you have a band with of topics i like that there were new topics like i hadn't heard them so i like that a lot that your set has various things um couple of things i would do to to make your set better is um you started by saying small things but maybe they add up so you started by saying maybe you know this about me maybe you don't i would not make assumptions ever i think that to me that always is a something in the audience goes well how do you know that about me you know so i would try not to do that um this small thing um a lot of sex topics which you, you might want to do uh that's some but uh something definitely that registers um sometimes just from the style i would try to look at the audience a little bit more often instead of just talking to you try to like connect with them in some way or wait pauses kind of that uh less words um sometimes you were hard to understand uh to me anyway um yeah um and i yeah that's kind of kind of my i don't know if that helps So I think the number one thing that would help you is just to make your premises absolutely clear. Like, this is what I'm going to talk about, and now I'm talking about it. Because you sort of like, you sort of like ramble on, and you have really funny premises, but they sort of are hidden within like the body of what you're saying. So, like, I'm a super horny. I was like a super horny girl growing up, and I lived in Utah. Like that. Once you say like a phrase like that, I'm like I'm interested. Utah. We all know it's conservative. We all know that. Before you're like, I went to this school. You didn't even tell us that your school like was religious up front, or you didn't even tell us that you were in Utah. So like, again, I'm sort of just you're making me do all this like mental work until. But like, it's really fun and snappy if you're like, I was horny in Utah, and like then it's like these are the things that. Um, then you can talk like you can act out all the things in public that you got like an orgasm from, like the paper setting you off. Like, there's a lot of really funny act out opportunities for like you trying to quietly have these orgasms in public places like there's a ton of really funny things that you can do that and like by the time you're talking about your grandpa I just like wasn't even following anymore like what the story was but anyway I would like for everything that you're saying what am I trying to talk about name you know write the premise down on a piece of paper and then like lay it out bullet point by bullet point and that'll just give your whole thing like a structure where we're like we're following and then like laughing at all your points so it's it's like starts with an introduction like has a middle and then you like end the joke you know yeah. And 
I'd say the big thing for me was sometimes I was like, God damn, I, that was a funny line. I wish you actually sold it. Because then your tone is, a, is monotone, but there's a way to do monotone to add pauses and speed breaks and all that kind of stuff where you can tell that this is a time for me to pay attention to the laugh that's coming on. Okay. So like when you do the line about the sound that you made for your grandpa, it shouldn't be in the exact same voice you were just doing right before. Like it, you can still sound monotone, but there should be at least a little bit of oomph there okay. because we need to hear you having an orgasm while saying grandpa. Yeah. Okay. Your metaphor with regards to Lewis and Clark is I think there's a lot that you can use with that, and it's a really, I, I found it to be a really funny, um, powerful one. So I, you could definitely keep that one. It definitely works really well. Yeah, the Sacagawea Fingers thing was funny. There, were, Yeah, there were a couple lines that, I don't know if you even, like, it was almost used as a throwaway line. Like, I thought it was really funny when, and I, I don't even know if it was, like, heard by everyone but when you were just talking about being a woman you're like yep we have a sex drive I thought that was, I don't know if you're going to get a laugh out of it but I thought it was really funny because a lot of times it's just assumed that you know that's kind of not how it is um, a question that I have that might help you expand on the material so are you, so are you still Mormon oh you're no longer Mormon because I thought it would be interesting to you know <laughs> go into like yeah I waited to have sex until I was married because I'm Mormon and now I'm literally telling you about having an orgasm talking to my grandpa um, yeah yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pile on a little here because I put it a different way your premise is you were raised in an incredibly sexually repressive atmosphere and you found out you're really a very sexual person and that's that's what I put together. Why is she telling me about the no blow job thing? Why is she telling me this? This doesn't mean anything. And then by the end of it, I put it together. Okay? And, and that's hilarious that you're having orgasms with your piano stool and also praying in school that nobody will ever touch you. I mean, it's, it, that juxtaposition is hilarious. It's in your mind, and like the people prove with me, it's got to come from your mind out to where we get it. Yeah. See that image. You know, and that if you had the orgasms with the piano stool, and then you joined the No Blow Job Society, now, now we're in a different position. We're with you. See? Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you so much. Woo. All right, everybody. Woo! That was Maggie Beasley. Yay, Maggie Beasley. Alrighty, we're moving right along here on the Joke Workshop on MutinyRadio.fm. Our next comedian, incredibly funny man. Uh, you can see him all the time at Doc's Lab and other places. I don't know, you do the punchline, right? Joey, you do the punchline. He does the punchline and Cobbs and everywhere else. Uh, hey, you guys, clap your hands together. It's Joey Avery. All right. Woo. Maggie, that's very brave of you to marry someone that you've never had sex with. Isn't that horrifying? Weren't you like at some point like, what is this fucking dick gonna look like? That's not nearly the real thing. <laughs> okay, cool. If that's if that's how that works, if that's how that works, I've had sex with like thirty women. Um, awesome. 
It's just that game of vaginal roulette horrifies me. That like one day you're just going to commit to squatting on a penis for the rest of your life that might be shaped like a Coors Light can. I don't know. Those are the those are the real heroes, living their life like a beer can chicken. It's not good. It's not a good uh, spit roasted. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. Uh, what have I been What have I been thinking about recently? I um. Spending a lot of time trying to like get in touch with my reality. I feel like I never do that. I like forget about the actual situation that I'm in. Like I try to remind myself that I'm just a monkey walking around because I forget that. I get this concept of myself, this concept of like what Joey is and it's kind of this like Ralph Lauren cologne commercial, you know, that (laughs) exists in the ether. Um, and I try to remember that I, when I was thinking about that, what I realized is like most of the bonding experiences that we have as people are us going back to doing really primal shit. Like how does a family bond? You sit around a table and you eat together, which sounds civilized if you're having tea and you have a napkin and all that shit. But I mean, you're sitting there like as a family, like, you know how we, how we bond as a family is we are going to tear this pig's rib cage in half with our faces. That's how that's how we bond in this family. It really is like I feel like at least at one point I probably did throw feces at my brother at the table. Um, but it's like you eat with your family, you drink with your friends. If you you mate with a lover, if you poop near that person, you will probably get married. These are the things that really make you human. Um, I don't know, but thinking about reality, it's exhausting. It's also very, it's weird, it's, it's why like, when I think about it, I'm like, raising a child must be the most fruitful experience, right? Because it's the most human experience that you can have. But the other reality that freaks me out is it's basically like deciding to spend the rest of your life hanging out with the personification of your best orgasm. That's basically, what it's like a walking, breathing version of your orgasm. That's what having a child is. It's like at some point you're going to spend your whole life and all your time just really, really, really trying to make it good. And then you're going to set it off into the, into the world and, and wonder where all the time has gone. And realize that your significant other is much less attractive to you now than uh, before you started. Because that's how orgasms work. Uh... Fuck, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, no, yeah, that's what it is. I, uh, <laughs> that's why I feel like it's very dangerous to get into dark shit, you know? Like, because it, it's going to end up being your, or like, I feel like if you ended up making your kid while your partner was wearing a ball gag, like, that kid will wear leather for the rest of his life. That's how that works. It doesn't matter who you are. If you were a gagging girl, that kid is going to come out pale and wearing eye makeup. Um, that's how that works. I uh, <laughs> think it's always fascinating to think about that stuff. I, I always wonder what makes people who live super alternative lifestyles, you know? Like, I think like everyone talks about what a, what a female porn star's life was like, and they're like, oh, yeah, her dad didn't pay attention to her. Like, okay, well, then what's, what's the male porn star? I feel like the male porn star is a product of the dad probably paying way too much attention to him <laughs> and being like, because proud dads get weird. They're like, yeah, get out there and fuck. I love that. Get out there and spread that seed, son. I've seen it. Um... I think that's, yeah, thank you. I don't think I've really got anything new. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yay, that's Joey Avery. Joey Avery 
Yeah. All right. Uh, Comments. You're so good. Why the hell do you come here? I mean, I mean, that was, but, 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 you know, it, it, that was so good. I'm just going to be real picky with you on one little tiny point, okay? Yeah. You talk about having a kid from your orgasm. Mm. You are aware that women can get pregnant without having an orgasm. Right, but which makes, I can't. But, but, <laughs> but, but if you say ejaculation instead of orgasm, mm. then you're, you see, I'm sitting next to a woman and you say orgasm, I think, I talk about orgasms for women. I'm trying to get inside that mystery. See, yeah. so you're kind of you're, you're you're male dominating it without knowing it. Okay. Yeah, I guess, but I, I think not, it's I, I just I just right, no 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 for sure. But I, I guess what I would say is the joke, and I'm still trying to figure out what the joke's actually going to sure, be. But sure. I feel like it's kind of funnier to consider it as an orgasm. The second it's a walking load. Go ahead and do what you like, want. I'm only giving my crazy like, old man reaction. You do know that the, the Greeks thought that the man planted his homunculus in the woman and then it grew and the woman had nothing to do with the, the origin. See? <coughs> so to say... Is homunculus another word for Homunculus, a little person, yeah. So so, oh. so your, your idea that your sperm is the person and that the woman is just the receptor of it actually is an interesting idea, see? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're, you're either not thinking enough or thinking too much. I don't know what. I'm just right. telling you, I'm listening to it and I say... You're using the word orgasm, and I'm thinking the product of your orgasm, well, you know, the, the product, I don't know if my wife had an orgasm when we conceived our child or not. Right. See? And so you get me thinking a whole different way, but maybe helpful that's to interesting. you. We're no, 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 that's interesting. We're workshopping. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Just like when, I'd never thought of when that. When you said, uh, I've had sex with 30 women, why? Because they felt your dick? Yeah. Well, then they had sex with you because they felt your dick, but you didn't feel their vagina. And you went right on to say, but the vagina is still a mystery. So you had something there. You listened to it. You, the logic of it, if you just tweaked that logic a little more, you had more material. Mm. You know, Guy, Women, they get to dry hump us and they feel our dicks, but we don't know what their, their mystery. You know, unless they let us finger those lady parts, you know, it's a still a secret. And, and, and you're right there. Right. You're right there. It right. just it's just keep remembering your audience should be fifty percent women. Even if it's one woman, right. it's still she's all women. And just tweak it for her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, good, yeah. Joe. You're wonderful. And Thank they're you. just sitting here wanting your body. You know, so the women, you know, except these women. But you know, it's like, you know, I want your body, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Everybody, can I ask one yeah, question sure. in the room? I just I felt like out of that whole thing, the only like premise that came through probably was the orgasm coming to life. I felt like yeah. the the whole like primate thing is kind of like maybe an interesting observation, but I don't think there's a, a joke there. What is I didn't understand when you said contemplating my reality. That's right. Yes, that, I, I actually that's kind of something that I've been trying to not do, but that's how I lead into some of my jokes so I can explain why I'm talking about shit. But I guess what I'm saying is trying to, again, like realize the scope of the situation instead of living just inside Joey land. You know what I mean? Right, so th- for that joke, it was to talk about like remembering that what I am is basically a walking and talking monkey that is tearing meat apart with my face instead of this guy who went home to his parents' house to have some ribs. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe, it's a, Maybe the lead-in okay. is a little difficult. 
sure. being too lofty about what it means to be a human being. Like, right. That you're just an animal. Right. Yeah, right. And I could make that much clearer. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Get to a microphone, please. Right here. Yeah. Yeah, in, in terms of the uh, orgasm, uh, I thought the premise is very good, but I thought the connection between the actual orgasm and, and the kid being raised was a little tenuous. I right. I thought that if you made a, just like a more direct parallel, it would be much stronger. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so there's something that I've been thinking about that you kind of brought up, and I don't, I'm just going to, just tell you this and maybe we can talk about it later but right i you were talking about the leather person i was thinking like the zo why do we judge kids or like on the zodiac thing like i was born in july you were born in july what the fuck is the difference but i think maybe the real zodiac should be like what the parents were wearing while conception like that would be a way more interesting oh um, that's interesting that'd be a way more interesting way of like <laughs> how that worked out so that's something i don't know if like maybe we can talk about that because i feel like you could maybe pull that better off in comedy yeah. than me but it just seems like that could be like a funny you're kind of getting at that but that could be like right. a funny like alternate alternative to yeah like it's a very interesting idea Let, let's talk comes. about it because if you i mean if you came up with it and you have your in angle you should definitely give it a give okay. it a shot before i do but cool joy you young folks when you talk about parenthood um i'm intensely aware when you talk about parenthood i'm thinking as a parent of my children right you're talking about parenthood as the child of your parents Right. So, so when you say it's dark, you know, if you're not thinking children are a blessing, how wonderful it would be to have children, then it's going to be dark talking about having children. Right. So, I mean, so you're thinking as a young guy, you don't want to get anybody pregnant right now. Right. So it's just kind of an attitude adjustment that if you had children, that would be wonderful. You'd right. welcome them and you wouldn't want to screw them up. I right. think that's what you're getting at. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a, and that's that's a, how you really basically want to have children, but you don't want to screw them up by having them being born to you right now. Right. Okay. That's a good point. Thank you. Thank you guys for all the uh, feedback. All right, Joey Avery. All righty, everybody. Uh, hey, after this next comedian, we're going to have a, a special guest it's Stan Sinberg, and he is going to read a story for a new P uh, NPR thing called Snapshot. Uh, and it's a humorous story, and we're going to have the audience mics up. And when it's funny, we want you to laugh. Um, if we get the right, if, if his story gets the right reactions, it's going to be on NPR. So that's pretty exciting. So we're going to have that right after our next comedian. You guys put your hands together. It's a Nick Adele. everybody makes What's up, everybody? I'm going to start with something very cheerful. Uh, I got fired last week. And that would be funny if I'm... I actually have to give up my, up, up my apartment. I have to give up my car. Uh, I probably have to move back to Germany because I'm here on a visa. Yeah, so um, I get a lot of sympathy from people when I say that <laughs> until I tell them that I'm a lawyer. Very different reaction then. Oh, that's so bad. I wish I could help you, but I don't give two shits. I mean, I leave you to it. Um, so thank you. Um, anyway, uh, I got a backup plan. I got it all figured out. I'm just going to be famous, and I'm going to make a lot of money. 
You're looking at it. It's my plan. Um, yeah, I think comedy is, is important, though, um, to, to talk about things. Talk about things that maybe are a little bit, you know, sketchy. Um, hi, Moritzu. Um, so, for instance, being German, there's a couple of things that I realize. Uh, one is we use language diff weird, very non-committal. Like, take the word sure. What does sure actually mean? You coming to brunch tomorrow? Sure. Raise your hand if that's a yes. Okay, three. Raise your hand if that's a no. Okay, nobody. Wow. What? So I don't... One. Okay, thanks. So I don't know what that means. I, I, I came to the conclusion if somebody's going to use that word on me too often, I'm going to say, ask me whether I want to be your friend. I'm going to answer with sure. Um, this, the second thing I'm going to talk about is... Hello is um, things we do in bathrooms, bathroom joke. So ever walked into a, s a public bathroom and it's completely quiet, and then you realize there's people, there's shoes, and yet there's, not, there's no noise, nothing. And you're wondering, what's going on? We do that, right? We just sit there. We pretend that we're not there because we're doing number two, right? That's what we're doing. And we're sure it's, it's going to work out. I'm just going to pretend that I'm not here. Yes, she sees my shoes, but I'm sure it's going to work. Um, different story if we walk in and we see shoes. Uh, we're, we're not so nice to them then. I, I, I personally tried to once. I, I stayed in there 15 minutes, see what happens. Um, this work is this joke is working like hell. Uh, and then finally I had to poo, and that's my joke. Thank you. Jokes. Right, back. It's not funny if you have to go back to Germany. I oh, know. Man. Thank you. <coughs> the I really appreciated your joke about language, particularly when you're talking about sure and how it's used. Uh, when you say, I think if you gave an example of sure versus sure or something like that, like a, a sarcastic sure, which would mean no, would be really good there. And then. Um, was the premise of the bathroom joke about it just the how the awkwardness because nobody wants to admit or not to think about what the person next to us is doing in a stall? Um, I think if you no, I think if you keep digging deeper there because like I, I, f I feel the same way a lot of times because you know you're in there and you feel really awkward and you're in it. Like if you could elaborate on that more, okay, you could really produce like a funny visual or funny situation so we all kind of feel that sense of uh, yeah you know okay yeah thank you I hear women telling jokes about being in the restroom and not wanting to be heard by the other person in that, and it's just different from guy culture really and I think when you're telling this to yeah. a bunch of guys you maybe need to set us up a little more about what a ladies room is like okay you know I mean one of the rules in a men's room is you don't talk to guys you don't stand next to somebody at the urinal and say, oh, hi, you've been having, you know, you just don't talk. Yeah. And so if somebody is doing something, farting in the next thing, and they talk to you, you know, you, and then you break in a big rule that you don't talk. Mm -hmm. But evidently there's some rules like that, because I know women go in and they do their makeup and they chit-chat-chat, right? don't they? Sometimes. But there's evidently some other kind of rule going on in the stalls. So, you know, 
thus guys you're a woman on stage and we're we're hungry and thirsting to know what it's like to be a woman and your secrets of your life and all and that maybe if you do it you know that i don't know what goes on in men's room but in the women's rooms this it okay because i know you looked out at us and we were just going uh yeah i know yeah, yeah. thank okay. you okay, okay. <laughs> got it uh yeah the second time you uh you asked about sure you said how many people think sure means no, and nobody raised their hand. I don't know if you panicked a little bit or like you were expecting people to raise their hand. I just suggest like thinking of a backup for that. Like you might have a room that won't participate, and yeah. just think of a way to make it work if that doesn't work for yeah. you. Yeah, thank just you. A That's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for the feedback. Yay. Hopefully you don't have to move back to Germany. All right, guys, so uh, this is how this is going to work. We're going to have Stan go up. He's going to read his story. Please, please, please do not, if you're going to leave the room, leave now. And I don't want anyone to come in during it either because we don't want to have the door opening and closing. So if you want to go, go now. But if you're going to stay, really pay attention and laugh when it's funny. And it's a really funny story. I got to listen to it yesterday. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, so, yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> but he, he ran through it yesterday, so, so it was really great. Um, and we've got the microphones up so that we can hear your reactions. And, um, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just uh, get this on started. Hold on just a sec. Thank you, Mutiny Radio listeners. What we have right now for you is a special story by Stan Sinberg. Give it up for Stan. <laughs> So uh, this is before the story, but uh, so it's, it's supposed to be a finished product. But uh, you know, if you still, if you guys want to make a critique, that's you know fine because uh, uh, these are always works in progress, no matter how much they're supposed to be done. All right. So anyway, so you, have you ever seen these people? They have their business card or their raffle ticket plucked from a fishbowl. And they win something like a clock radio or a dinner at Olive Garden. And they're like, oh my God, I won. I can't believe it. I never win anything. And you're like, dude, it's dinner at Olive Garden. Have some self-respect. I am not one of those people. There was a four-year period in which I consistently and constantly was winning these random drawings, the kind where not only is no skill required, no skill is allowed. During this time, I won cash, clothing, gift cards, a couple of crappy prizes like a Christmas wreath and a session with a life coach, but also a computer. And it got so crazy that at the peak, if there was a drawing and there were three or four cards that were picked from a bowl and mine was not among them, I was calling up seven on your side. Hello, Michael Finney, I want to report a rigged raffle. And there's no logical explanation for why this was happening, so I started to look for irrational explanations. And I, despite being an atheist, I, dis, I dis, decided that I was, uh, I, I, must have have, I must have a guardian angel. And I immediately felt discriminated against, because when religious, religious people credit uh, guardian angels with miraculously saving their lives, or uh, uh, giving them great fortunes, or uh, having, uh, or, f or finding true love, and I was given a, a patron saint of, of draw uh, I was given a patron saint of door prizes. 
Okay, so now I was a travel writer, and uh, I had taken a trip to the uh, to, to Malaysia, and six months later, I get a invitation from the airline that uh, inviting me to San Francisco Airport because they're having a reception to inaugurate their new business class service to Asia, and uh, I knew I had to go because it has what every travel writer craves, which is free food and booze, uh, and I also wanted to see the other travel writers. But I also knew I couldn't stay long, because after weeks of pleading and groveling, I had finally persuaded my ex-girlfriend Katie to meet me later that same evening to discuss the possibility of getting back together. Now, Katie is a school teacher, and it was a school night, so she gave me an ultimatum that I had to be at her house by 8 p.m. or don't bother showing up. I guess this was one of her issues. And I was the one who was always late, but she's the one who made it an issue. So I, I map quested, and it's 45 minutes from the reception to her house, which means I have to leave the reception by 7.15 the latest, uh, but reception starts at 6 o'clock, so it's not a problem. The night of the reception, I get there exactly 6 o'clock. At the entranceway, there's two women sitting at a table, and in between them is a fishbowl. And they direct me to drop my business card into the fishbowl, because at 7 o'clock, there's going to be a drawing, and the grand prize is a $5,000 business class ticket to China. Now, the way I process this is, no shit, you're giving me a $5,000 business class ticket to China? That's fantastic. And they chuckle, and they say, well, yeah, you know, if your card is among all the cards that we pick. And I say, I know, thank you so much. And they look at me like I'm kind of weird, and then I kind of saunter in. None of the other travel writers show up. So I spend the hour eating and drinking and waiting around till 7 o'clock to collect my prize. 7 o'clock comes, there's no drawing. I go up to the table with the two women. I say, so when's the drawing? And they go, in a few minutes. Then it's 7.10. Now I'm getting nervous. I go back up. I go, so when's the drawing? And they go, in a few minutes. Yeah, like I'm the asshole. Then it's 7.15. Now I have to make a decision. If I'm going to get to Katie's, I have to leave right now. But there is this business class ticket to China with my name on it. And I look at the fishbowl. There's about 100 cards in there. Uh, so at that moment, I calculate somehow that I have a better chance of winning a 100 to 1 random drawing than of getting back together with my ex-girlfriend who has already agreed to meet me that same night for this express purpose. So I decide to stay. Finally, at 7.30, the two women hoist themselves up from their chairs, and they go into the main room, and they get up on the stage, and they start making introductory comments and thanking the sponsors, and I hear this voice from the crowd cry, come on, and I realize it's me. And finally, at seven, finally, one of them reaches into the bowl and picks out the winning card. And it's mine. I won. <laughs> I shit you not. They picked mine. And when the two women realize that it's me, they're like, what? Because they're sure I cheated, but they can't figure out how. And people are applauding and smiling. And the man from the airlines is standing on the stage waving this big white envelope containing the ticket. And I'm walking up there, but I'm not walking up there like, oh my god, I won. I'm like, you couldn't have given this to me a fucking half hour ago. <laughs> I bolt up onto the stage, I snatch the ticket, I pose for exactly one photo, 
and I race out of there the most ungrateful winner of a business class ticket to China in the history of aviation. <laughs> I drive like a complete maniac to Katie's, and I get there at 8.13. But it's okay, because she's helping her kids with their homework, and she's completely forgotten that she gave me this ultimatum. Now, a normal person, might feel very grateful that they had just gotten very lucky for the second time that night. But considering what I had just gone through, it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> so we go out for dinner, and we're having a nice time, and I uh, tell her about the prize, and she's very happy for me. And then I can't help myself. I say, you know, I almost didn't even stay for it because you gave me this stern ultimatum, and you didn't even remember it. And even as I'm saying those words, I hear my guardian angel go, no! And that's when my luck ran out. Thank you. All right, thank you, Stan Sinberg. I hope that this all works out with NPR. Hooray, yay, thank you guys. Um, give yourselves a round of applause right now too for uh, being awesome during his story and uh, for letting us do that. Thank you so much. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we have a comedian up for you. She's gonna do four minutes and then we'll have four minutes of comments. Please put your hands together. It's Dom Gellin. Christmas. Gonna be an upbeat, backbeat Christmas with a caribou oh. and my sweet blue. I might have fucked it up. All right. Give it up for Sam one more time. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I, uh, okay. I, I admit I feel a little, a little weird because my stories are not going to be nearly as compelling or interesting. They're just going to be awkward. Um, all right. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. I'm ovulating. Yay! Uh, yay! Ovulation uh, is that period of time where my brain still knows I'm gay, but my ovaries don't give a fuck. So that's, everybody smells delicious is really what it comes down to. Um, no, but I, I, <laughs> I, I say that and uh, I'm out to my friends, which is great, but what ends up happening uh, is that I'm always, uh, I'm always answering questions. You know, it's like uh, being at a seminar that you never really signed up for. Uh, and I had a friend of mine ask me, he's like, Dom, I get that you're gay, but like, would you let our buddy Paul go down on you if he was wearing a wig? Which I <laughs> Thank you. It's, a, it's an awful fucking question. I was like, I don't know, man. Would you let Paul go down on you if he was wearing a wig? I didn't have, a, I didn't have an actual answer for him. Yeah, no, but I just feel like, I feel like there, are, I, there are a lot of instances where guys do, do silly shit. And it's just like, you know, like, it, 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 there are, I'm fucking this up. There are just a lot of moments where I'm like, thank God I don't have to deal with dick. Just like on principle. But it's, it's not like I never tried, right? Like, my first kiss wasn't that spectacular either. Uh, my, I got my first kiss, fun fact, when I was drunk. Uh, and I was, I was at a party. And you know when you walk into a party and it's, it's just like this internet meme, right? You walk in, there's a guy on the back couch and he's playing Wonderwall. <laughs> that guy. That was the guy, right? That was not good. And so I sit on the couch and he's playing guitar the whole time and I'm, I'm hanging out and he's like, by the way, you know, I, um, I have a keyboard in my room. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's go to your room, man. Let's do this up. And he's all excited. He's like, yeah, we're going to my room. And I'm like, yeah, green sleeves, chopsticks, maybe some Coldplay. Like, who knows? The night is young. It was a disconnect. It was miscommunication. But we get to his keyboard and it is out of tune. 
and I'm sorely disappointed because it is plugged into a wall, which makes no sense. Pianos can get out of tune, keyboards not so much. Uh, and so I mentioned it, and I'm like, dude, your, your keyboard's out of tune, and he's like, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna have to kiss you. <laughs> is that a fucking line? That shouldn't be a line. But this is a first kiss story, so obviously I fucked up, right? Uh, I did say it one more time just because I was so exasperated and then he grabs my face and I, I proceeded to get made out with. I didn't, I didn't make out with somebody. I got made out with. He was substantially taller than I was and there was just this moment where it was like, blah, 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 and I was like, Ugh, you know, like it was just not, it was not great and I remember trying to get out of my own head and I was like, you know what, Dom, you just got to calm down. Like, you just got to relax, relax. And, and he's just like, his tongue is just in my fucking mouth but not in like a pleasant way. I have to think of a more of a better way to describe this awful thing that is happening. But I was in my own head and I was like trying to calm myself down. I'm like, this is great. One day this is going to be romantic. This is going to be a great story. This is fucking awful. Okay. And then I push him away and I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I can't. And he's like, what? We've been flirting the whole night. And I was like, dude, listening to you play Wonderwall is not flirting. That's me being polite. <laughs> And then I was just like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. It's not you. It's me. Uh, I'm really grossed out for reasons I won't understand for another five years, right? Like, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> and he looks at his bed, and he's like, you know what? We, we don't even have to fuck. We could just make out. And I was like, I'm sober. And I left. Because I can't understand how that's a great compromise proposition. If I couldn't even, even stand your foreplay, you're like, let's just do foreplay for another hour. Let's, let's keep this train rolling. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a great story. Uh, oral sex is also great. I will also think of a better transition for that. Uh, but I, I have a friend of mine who told me not too long ago that she's pretty self-conscious oral sex-wise about like the way she smells and the way she tastes and all that other shit. And I was like, that's cool, but do you think guys care that their dicks taste like dick? <laughs> Like, literally tastes like dick. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, it's like I go to pour myself a bowl of cereal in the morning and the milk is sour, and I'm like, oh, this tastes like dick. And somebody's like, fuck it! <laughs> Just sounds awful. Thank you. That's my time. Yay! Yay! Keep clapping for Dom Gellin. Um, comments about her story? I thought it was very funny. I like that story. I think Thank it's you. It's all true. All true. I really enjoyed your story, but you mentioned that you were trying to make the makeout, or that you you were trying to find a better image for the tongue down in your mouth. And I don't know if you like to go visual, but I was thinking you could be like maybe like a dog's tongue, like a dog's trying to lap your face, or like a tentacle, or something. You know, something very unpleasant. A tentacle, like a split, it's like a loose, like a piece of uncooked like octopus at like at like um sashimi place or something. You know, like the first time you've had that, yeah. Something like that. So I really like your set too. Is this on? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think you have great way of telling stories and uh, you connect it to me or I, I hope the audience. I think very cool stories, which is why my only point is do not come on stage and say, I'm going to talk about weird shit and it's not going to be funny. Do not say that. Just come on stage and do it. I didn't get the ovulating thing. Uh, everybody smells delicious. Does this include men if you're gay? That shouldn't yeah, be, right? Sorry, that was I get that. I'm really sensitive to smells uh, when I'm ovulating, which is really uncomfortable. Because then I just like, uh, I smell dudes and I'm like, wow, you smell delicious. Even and dudes? 
Even dudes? Even dudes. Okay, then I would stress that point because in my mind that was a con- contradiction if you're, you know, if you're okay. gay. Uh, I, 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 by, by way of, I, I thought it was very smooth to introduce that you're gay. I thought that was, that was cool. I really like the kissing story. Um, again, don't, don't say that you don't have a good word for things. I, I, I don't like that you're uh, diminishing yourself. I thought, I thought you should, you know, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Dom, you had a story last week about, um, the, was it the, the, or when I heard you do about the the mechanic and the sm- smell of the mechanic. Oh, yeah, I cut you? it out because uh, I, I thought it was too long. But if you guys think that helps the joke, I, I'll put that back I, in. I think that would help the joke with the smell when you're already talking about the smell because then I thought I thought that stuff was hilarious about the – that you're like, I'm not even into dudes, and I'm like, you smell great or whatever. It's I thought that whole th- thing was funny. Hey, yeah, you were – I s- you seem like you were disparaging yourself afterwards, but like just by your charisma and like delivery and how much fun you're having, like we all had a really great time and there was not like a dull moment or any, like maybe you wish you heard like booming laughter. This is like, we all have shit in our own heads because we're about to go up and perform, but like that was a super entertaining performance and like there's nothing to feel bad about. So that's the first thing. Secondly, I thought it could be kind of funny if um, while this guy's making out with you, you're like, and he's like, what? And you're like, in five years, I'm going to figure out I'm a lesbian. Or you s- I was going to just say, like, I'm a lesbian. But then you l- later on, you didn't realize this at the time. But it could be kind of funny if you were trying to mouth something. And then he, like, pulls back. And you say something like, you know, I'm a lesbian. Or, like, I haven't figured out. In five years, I'll figure out I'm a lesbian. That just could be, like, a. I just feel like you want to mouth something in that thing that it might, like, create this fun, I don't know, a joke. All right, put your hands together, buddy. It's Dom Gellin. Thank you, guys. And if you liked Dom's set, I hope that you'll... Uh, we can't buy the tickets yet, but she's in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yay! She had a really, really great um, audition video, and uh, she, uh, we're actually saying that she's from... Um, Miami. So, well, you are from Miami, but we're saying that you haven't moved here yet so that you can get more stage time. All right, everybody. Your next comedian uh, is super funny, and I'm excited every time I see him. Put your hands together. Everybody, it's Mauricio. Yes, give it up for me, goddammit. I'm excited. Always love being here at Me and You Radio. It always feels like one more time to convince Pam Benjamin for us to have a relationship. I thought that was charming. All right, well, my name is Mauricio. I'm sure you guys already know me. And uh, one thing I like talking about is uh, today's uh, happy Pearl Harbor Day, man. What? Yeah, cool, yeah. I remembered after I watched The Voice and white people wouldn't stop talking to me. Yeah, there's something sad in the air. All right, moving on. I thought this would be okay in the mission. You know, it's like you guys are taking over property. I'm going to make your lives awkward. That's uh it's going to go fucking down. Uh, one thing I can't stand right now is uh, Americans. You guys love Colts. You guys are all cult followers, man. You guys can't think for your fucking selves. You are stupid as fuck, guys. Sorry. You know, it's like one thing I can't stand is like with the Bernie Sanders thing. They're like, Donald Trump doesn't have a chance at winning. We're going to win. I'm like, you guys elected George W. Bush twice. Like, you're stupid as fuck. He has a really good chance at winning here. Like, he has the same ratio as my mom hooking up with men. Something's going to get fucked up. 
All right, too soon, guys. All right. Um, this is where I want to practice my real set. One thing I can't stand, too, is that I'm bitter right now at work. All my coworkers are trying to relate to me with their holiday stories. That's something that I can't relate to, man, because I don't come from those things. Like this one coworker, like during Halloween, she was like, remember when like the parents would get out the jack-o'-lantern and the dull blades and you would carve together and we would like laugh and stuff, right? I was like, I remember like having an evil stepfather tell me that I wouldn't amount for anything when I was seven, right? You know, and they would start arguing and I would have to get the kitchen knife, you know, unsupervised. And I would have to carve the pumpkin that the police activities like gave me to not join a gang to motivate me. When I was 16, that's what I remember. I don't know, you know, it's like, and I also didn't have, as an immigrant, I didn't have a chance to believe in your guys' Santa Claus, guys. Sorry, guys, I missed the boat on that one. I had no reason to believe in it because my mom made it perfectly clear. Santa doesn't bring the gifts here, okay? He doesn't bring your toys. It's toys for tots that does it. All right, I had the worst jack-o'-lantern in the history of low-income housing, so, you know. All right, what on? It's like, really to the audience, I'm like, I'm outnumbered. There's at least three of you with nice watches and jackets. It's like, it's going to be hard, guys. I don't come from these things. I come from your guys' white guilt money. <laughs> Just being real here, guys. Is this a comedy show? Hello? This is the one thing I can't stand fucking comedy. There's a lot of secretly rich white people doing it who are fucking not poor at all, and they'll dress like they're poor, right? And they'll be like... They'll act like they're Bob Dylan or some shit. I'm deep, man, right, you know? And then they'll catch an Uber and go back to the marina. I cannot stand this. The one thing I can't stand is tech comedians, man. If you're doing tech, like, why the fuck would you do this, man? Like, did you miss the boat on all the chicks that all the nerds already got? Like, there's like, it looks like, you know what sucks? I'm like, like, I met one of these comedians, female comedians. She's a doctor. I found this out. I won't name her off, man. I don't want to start that kind of beef, but I don't know. I'm not scared of India, you know? Like... She's a doctor. It's like, you know what happens when she bombs on stage? She goes back to her house. I go back to one of my closest friends offering me drugs because there's no hope. My name is Mauricio. Thank you. Oh, fuck life. Mauricio on the street no he doesn't yay Marisa that was really funny that last joke back well, to Grinch our house is definitely gonna criticize me will piss you off my hat no no like I really like <laughs> no yeah no I, I like your shirt man oh yeah <laughs> well, we're in competition with yeah. fucker no but I like your energy and your I like the energy in your voice a lot you know like I think you have that like I feel you feel your jokes you know I know they come from the heart but like your body language, you sort of just stand there. And I think you could, I don't know if you want to do something with that, but I think you could, with your body, show what you're saying to, you know, like. Right, I know cool some comedians, where they get angry, I know some, they like put their fucking foot on a stool and get in front of their faces and shit, where you just sort of stand there, you don't really get in our faces. I think if you took it to the next level with being oh, okay. that abrasive, like really commit to it, like commit your body to, the, to your jokes, then I think it could work a little bit more too. Oh, yeah. cool, man. Hey, I thought white guilt money was fucking brilliant. Um, and I think you could probably, uh, I don't want to say cheap, but almost use it as a premise and then go into your jack-o'-lantern carving stories. And, and I think it probably sets it up in a way that's, um, uh, I guess, mentally prepares everybody else. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I love the George Bush line, the twice line. It, it, was, it was awesome. I feel like you could follow that up with 
almost any other line as long as it's 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 really clear. I did I didn't totally get the mom joke after. I should reference how uh, both men left her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. just as long as it's, it's like the. <laughs> and she owed money. <laughs> the push twice is great. All right, cool, anything, huh? anything clear. Oh, okay, cool, man. I thought the the last joke about they go back to the house. Uh, I thought that was like your best joke and, <laughs> and, like, and just like like the clearest. I mean, it was just like a real direct, you know, yeah. uh, premise punchline. Uh, and I thought if some of the other stuff could be sharpened like that, oh, okay, um, it, it would, you know, because you have some really good ideas. But even like the thing about you know, is, uh, why did rich people go up there? If you gave some, you know, like a couple of examples of uh, the kind of jokes that they're trying to tell to relate to an audience that just. Or you know, don't relate to anybody. Okay. I mean, that could be you know, I just develop the premise a bit more. All right, sounds good. Oh, and Georgia stories, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What kind of house does you live in? Do I live in? Does she live in? Oh, who? The documentary. Oh, I mean, I wish uh, we had that deeper of a conversation, but I assume Marina. So, I assume a blue-eyed boyfriend. I yeah, assume. So give her, give her a four-bedroom house. Oh really? Yeah, that's like the that's what the line was missing. Because other people have got a house, but she's got a doctor house. Oh yeah, cool. Man. And I'm pretty sure she also does have a fiance, but I, I think I know who you're talking about. So, yeah, she's definitely way better off than you will ever be. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks for that grim note. <laughs> All right, put I thought your we were criticizing the jokes, not my life, damn it. Let's you know? <laughs> put your hands together for Maurizio. Ah, thank you. I heard the wind All right, everybody, moving right along. You're listening to The Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Our next comedian, a super funny guy. Clap it up and pay attention. It's David Roth. What's up, guys? I think I'm the guy that Mauricio hates. This is my father gave me this watch. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel bad about it. But yeah, like my, um, I don't know if I really have the DNA for comedy. I was back home uh, for Thanksgiving, and I'm just like reminded of my, my dad's sense of humor. Like we were in the car, and uh, Shakira's "Hips Don't Lie" song came on. You know, like, I'm on tonight and my hips don't lie. And my dad was like, her hips don't lie. Uh, how do they know? Do they take a uh, polygraph test or something? Huh? <laughs> we, like, passed by a 7-Eleven that was closed. Uh, more like an inconvenience store. Huh? Yeah, it's bad. He's like, uh, <laughs> so a dyslexic person walks into a bra. Huh? I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, my entire childhood... Like, now that I know this, like, comic terminology, like, I think we were just, it was just at the dinner table, like, bombing to one another constantly. Like, now whenever I'm bombing on stage, like, I don't feel shitty about myself. I just kind of get hungry for dessert. Like, I know he, um, <laughs> like, he had this line. He was like, I have a restaurant concept. Um, if Arnold Schwarzenegger opens an Italian restaurant, it could be called Pasta La Vista, baby. <laughs> and, like, he thought that was so good that he actually, like, wrote it on a piece of paper, <laughs> folded it up, put it into an envelope, sealed it, and sent it to himself for like copyright wow. laws or something like that. <laughs> Confidence. Confidence, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my family. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, uh, I don't know what it is about this face. I just, I've been going to like a lot of bachelor parties lately, 
And I think I just must look like a stripper therapist. That's just like what this face looks like. Like this dude probably like <laughs> goes into the club and he's got like his thumb up a stripper's asshole. Like I'm three feet over. She's showing me like scars of her C-section and shit. Telling me her problems. Um, I remember I was at this bachelor party and one of my buddies is in the Marines. And he was like, dude, you got to get a lap dance from Amber, man. I'm telling you, Amber, lap dance, that girl is crazy, man. I'm like, okay, Jesus, dude, I'll get a lap dance from Amber. Like, all right, whatever. So I go get this lap dance from Amber. Afterwards, it's over. He's like, how, how awesome was that, man? Amber, like, she's crazy, right? She's crazy. I'm like, yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> she's crazy about getting her associate's degree in fucking dental hygiene. She's crazy about a better life for her sons, Brayden and Eli. I don't, if, like, if your name is Brayden, like, there is someone out there that doesn't want to pay your child support. Like, I've just met, like, multiple strippers, and they're all fucking, they all have Braydens. I've actually never met, like, a stripper talk about, like, a female stripper kid. Like, or I guess they would call that a daughter, but I've just, like, never single heard that. Um, did you guys ever get that Jewish stripper? Is that you, you might have, you just wouldn't know it because you don't look like this. Um, but I remember this, like, this Jewish woman came up to me, like, at the club. She kind of, I don't know, she obviously sniffed me out or saw my nose or something like that. And she was just like, my name's not actually Raquel. It's Rachel. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And then, like, so I get this lap dance from fucking Rachel. I'm like, shit. And then, like, Def Leppard starts playing. And it's like, do 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 Take the bottle, shake it up. And she's like, take the bottle. Actually, I'm trying to wean my 13-month-old son off the bottle right now. That's funny. She's like, <laughs> she's like pour some sugar on me. She's like, sugar? Actually, my, my six-year-old's a hypo, hypoglycemic. It's got low blood sugar levels. That joke would have been better if I didn't stumble so awfully. Um, yeah, it was just, it was crazy, man. Where was I going with this hypoglycemic joke? So, uh, yeah, she's, so anyway, like, my buddy, like, he actually hooked up with fucking Raquel that night. He's like, dude, can you believe it? Like, she wants to, like, she wants to hook up. I'm like, yeah, actually, we just hooked up on LinkedIn. Uh, it was awesome. All right. Fucked up that last part, Pam. But uh, thanks, guys. That's my time. Yay! David Roth and his Jewish strippers. What do you guys think? I think you had a really strong set. Yeah, I agree. The only uh, question I have, when you say look like this, are you referring to your face because you're, you're saying you're Jewish as well? Yeah. Okay. Did, you couldn't, you didn't, with the name like David well, I Roth, look, you I didn't I looked at the nose, like, I, okay, I did I, I looked at the nose and I was like, maybe he means he's Jewish too. Should I just like give the profile? Well, I was like, yeah, be more like specific, like nose or right, something, right. like, so people, like, because I'm back there on my glasses yeah, on, yeah, yeah. they'll really seem like, oh. But other than that, it was great. Could you, could you, your name is David Roth. Instead of singing a Def Leppard song, could you sing a song from maybe like Van Halen? If you could somehow work that out, that would be really funny, so, maybe. I'm so committed to my hypoglycemic punchline, but yeah, I can try some, I'm, I can try something else. Yeah, I mean, just because you are David Roth, so it just Why sort not? of makes sense. It does make sense. Cool. I don't think about that. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I really liked your first joke about, um, your dad, like you give your dad all these yeah. jokes, and but at the end of it, you say, "Well, that's my family," but it was just your dad. I think it'd be cool if, like, you gave some jokes to your other family members. You know, maybe like, like your mom tags one of your dad's jokes, and it's just whole big thing. It's just stupid. You know, make it something bigger than it is, or just keep it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
I also enjoyed the dad jokes. I thought they were, they were pretty funny punch. Were those his real jokes? Did he really tell those yeah, jokes? Yeah. The pasta la vista thing is funny. And and it is true that if you, it's I mean, it's the weakest form of copyright, but <laughs> if you if you mail it to yourself and don't open it, yeah, and it, someone else comes up with the idea, then it has a postmark date on it, and you can be like, look, I came up with it first, see? Yeah. Anyway. Any other comments? It was a really good set. Oh, yay, David Roth, yay! Again, guys, we're listening to Christmas music. This is Merry Christmas, comma, Eve, uh, by Mike King, and he sent it to us in the mail. So that's, we play things if you send them to us. Um, MutinyRadio.fm, you guys can visit us too, 2781 21st Street, uh, 9... Four zero zero one, I think. All right, uh, we have another comedian. He's been gone for a while, and he is back, and I'm excited that he's here. Put your hands together. It's Yuri Mikolevsky. Damn, I haven't been gone. What are you talking about? You haven't been here in a while. That's not true. You haven't been here for a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> Making me feel bad. An absentee comic the second I get on stage. Is Joey gone? Where's Joey? Oh, God damn it. I was going to admit to him that I've masturbated to him before. <laughs> He's going to have to listen to the broadcast. Although I did, I did make him four inches taller. I, like, I can't even listen to what he's saying. The second that he smiles, his teeth are just... Pam, have you ever seen teeth like this in your entire life? He, he, he does have... A, he has an amazing smile. I just, he's a lovely, Those lovely are the boy. most perfect teeth I've ever seen in my life. I feel like if you sit far enough away, you can't even tell that there's like division. It just looks like one giant tooth that wraps around his mouth. Maybe he just has someone come and draw on the little lines. So it's a little bit more believable. I'm really tired of coming up with ways to come out as gay on stage. Something I have to do every single time because my material depends on it. So I think I'm, I've been trying out a gay voice. It was a little bit coming. How does this, has this, is this good? How does this sound? Is this gay? How does this sound? More gay? How about, it's how about this? Gay. Is this gay? <laughs> what about if I? Pam, is this gay? It's kind of gay. Is this good? Is it getting better? Yeah. Can you tell by the lisp? Can you get, are you guys getting excited? This is going to be a really sassy set. I think I could tell by his voice he's going to talk about anal sex. I can't wait. Uh, it's too bad girls aren't here because I could call them bitches and cunts and they'd love it. Oh my God, look, look at that. Can you hear that? I think there's some lubricant left in his mouth. can't believe I'm doing that voice on stage. When I spent my entire closeted childhood basically eliminating the letter S from my vocabulary. <laughs> I once, uh, in elementary school, I had a panic attack because my teacher asked me to spell Mississippi. <laughs> M, I, Go on, Yuri. <laughs> so having to decide between coming out and losing a spelling bee, ah. fourth grade Yuri said, M-I, 
PPI, PPI, PPI. Nick <laughs> still got second place. <laughs> I'm a little, uh, a little tired. I'm a little sleep deprived, because I've been doing a lot of uh, this at night which is uh, how my bed moves whenever my next door roommate has sex. <laughs> like now I'm, I am physically involved with her sexual experience. How, how is that not like the teensiest form of rape? And then you get all the sound effects. You get the, cause you know how girls do it. They do the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like taking the easiest questionnaire. I don't, I mean, is sex really that good for women that every thrust gets a positive review? <laughs> I, it's gotten to the point, like, at least I could put earplugs in, but I can't stop the fucking bed from shaking. Like, I can tell who she's sleeping with based on the rhythm of the bed motion. <laughs> I, and it's terrible, because I'll wake up in the middle of the night, terrified, thinking it's an earthquake, only to realize that the bike messenger is about to finish. I know that it, I, I always know when they're about to finish because that's when the shaking gets the most violent. And also, I'll always hear, I'm going to come. Why? Like, well, how many of you guys do this when you're in bed? Be honest. Just be honest. You don't, you don't have to announce every orgasm. It's not a fucking unexpected guest. Like... All right, I just lost my, lost my place, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, also, we know exactly what it looks like when you're about to come. We know the telltale signs. The I'm gonna come. Oh, is that what's happening? I thought you were doing an impression of Michael J. Fox. Oh. Yeah. Hey, clap your hands, everybody. Yuri. Yuri Bikolevsky. Great set. Um, I mean, I don't even have too many comments. I don't have any comments. I thought it was really funny. I'm glad you're back. It was really solid. Bike messenger stuff, funny. Uh, what was the... That, that first joke was really funny, too, with the... Um, the gay voice, the getting the get the voice getting progressively gayer is really funny because you don't read, like seeing know, you you just don't read. Did you see the movie on the Netflix? Is that where you got that joke from? Which movie? There's a movie on the Netflix right now called oh, Gay Voice. It's called Do I Do I Sound Do gay? I Sound Gay? I did, and, I did watch that movie and it was amazing and it made yeah. me think of that. But your joke is really um, unique and I really liked it. So, but it it's really cute how you go from like yourself to this super I still feel like it's not that convincing once you get the hip in there it is all right once yeah. you do like the hip-hop with the on the hand on the it's hip. tough to do I have, have a mental block about it <laughs> comments Ken anybody I thought it was great side I don't really have any comments yeah great set uh <clears throat> as far as the why did a man announce that he's gonna come it's just like uh you can just be well I usually tell him I, I'll say it just because like well you're if you're not going to come now, 
you know, like this is your last chance to get even close to an orgasm because I'm going to be done after this. Oh, you're and warning her. Yeah. So maybe you can run that into like, you know, bashing on like straight dudes who come too quick. That's Not right. that I know any. Um, but uh, I mean, the gay dudes do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gay guys come? <laughs> okay. I, I, I wouldn't know, bro. I'm into chicks. Sorry. Um, but yeah, maybe throw that in there. And uh, otherwise, I yeah, shit. I got nothing else to write. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I guess the gay voice thing was, didn't, yeah, like I had trouble believing it. Or I think I want something maybe more on the spectrum of, because I know you have a joke about like it's hard, hard for people to know you're gay when your favorite color is gray. Is that going to be part of this? this yeah. series I can't do it when I'm not wearing gray right because um, maybe there's something about the spectrum of like if you look one way your gay voice needs to be like this but if you look as but apparently I look really straight so I need my gay voice to be that but it is tough when you just hear that like stereotypical male voice and you kind of like I think it just makes us I don't know like it's almost like you're doing the thing that you probably hate hearing and there's yeah. some sort of tension that about that that's supposed to be what it is that's yeah. I think I kind of need more of your because that's usually the type of thing you would comment on and so I kind of wanted like yeah. maybe like a meta review of if that. it was a longer set I would have told you I wish we would stop making this voice that's that's what you would have gotten out of me <laughs> all right everybody put your hands together it's Yuri Mikulevsky you have the most fun name to say absolutely bar none thank you I've been practicing for years. Uh, our next comedian, uh, another funny guy, and you guys, we're going to, if we want to fit in, is Adam Pearlstein still here? Did he leave? Because if he left, then we're not too worried, but if he didn't leave, we're going to have to cut, um, we have to cut critique just to get you guys all in, because you have been waiting here, and that's super rad, so. Adam's gone. Adam's long gone. That makes it easier, and that means we can still do critique. Here we go, everybody. Put your hands together. It's Ken Suzuki. <laughs> I've been a little busy and I haven't made the ball. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go on a little rant. Uh, does it make... Who here doesn't know any Asians? Nobody? Perfect. No, I know this is... I've been, I've been thinking a lot about race a lot lately. He's been arguing with another stand-up comic friend of mine. I have a friend who's an Asian. He's really sensitive, man. He's a crying. He's like... Asians are the only people that you can make fun of and take a shit. No one cares. They're like the universally hated and made fun of race. And I, listen, dude, even if I did believe this were true, even if I, there was one race out there that everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one we can take the giant crap, crap on, the chosen race, if you will. That, that's pretty fucking hilarious when you look at it. I mean, that means... It, Dude, you're the part of the sacrificial race. You die so that all the rest of us can live, laugh, love, you know? You know who else was the sacrificial person? Jesus. You're like the Jesus of the stand-up comedy scene. You are part of the Jews of the stand-up comedy world. The chosen people of the stand-up comedy world. You can either live your life like Ron Jeremy Happy, go lucky, sling that dick, or Woody, or Woody Allen, pissed off and neurotic, and you hate me. Come on, man, don't blame, but don't put it on the. It's on you. Don't put it on the fucking Gentiles. If when they see you, they don't see Bruce Lee, they see Bobby Lee. That's all I'm saying. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. My last name's Suzuki. I get it. Look at these eyes, man. I get it. 
I didn't learn. I didn't learn that Asians were considered a separate race till I was 16, because I lived with my parents, really integrated. My mother isn't uh, isn't Asian at all, you know. So that messed up my whole sense of identity. Don't get. I get it. I get it. You're fucked up, man. You're like you're looking down at yourself. You're judging. You're, you're taking a tape measure out when you're in the mirror. Like, am I big enough? No. We all get it, but it's not a big deal. Because there's only three colors that really matter in this world at the end of the day. There's green, red, and white. Green for the money, which is re really where the power is. Red, because that's what we all believe and we need for, to live. All of us, yeah. Hey, you know, pissed off Asian guy, go, go, white people bleed too, cut them. You'll find out, they bleed too, okay? Jesus Christ. And white, because that's the color we all come. It's the common denominator, no matter what. That's what unifies the races. And you'd figure, it's really ironic, though, because you'd figure a person or any, if you'd figure if there was anybody that wouldn't have a problem with race or interracial uh, harmony, it would be the Asians. I mean, look at, just look at their symbolism. They created the yin-yang sign. All that is is interracial 69. I don't know, just sling. The moral of the story is just, just sling dick. Just sling dick, all your problems work themselves out in the end. And if you really do feel that emasculated because you're raised and you don't, you're having trouble getting laid or whatever, this is what you got to do. You got to look when you're at a bar and you see two nice women and you just got to walk up to them like this, right? And then you're sexy about it. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just got to step around my balls. They're so big. To go with this big dick. They call it the elephant trunk because it's prehensile. Little grabby, you'll never miss that shit. Anyway, just sling dick, guys. Thank you very much. Ken Suzuki, slinging dick, and trying to make fun of Leo Zinger. That's that was good. There's like, there's like three Asian comics. Like we don't know who it is. All he knows I'm making fun of him because we've been arguing about it back and forth. Oh, okay. Well, it's okay. I mean, what? it's always hard to make. I mean. I find that amusing only because I know what a baby Leo Zinger is about it. And he's like, oh, it's because I'm Asian. I'm like, no, it's because you're creepy. And it's nothing to do with you being Asian. <laughs> it's because you walk around with warm hot dogs in your backpack all the time and you try to give them out to girls. That's weird. It doesn't matter that you're Asian, bro. It's, but do you have any comments, Steve? Yeah, I was going to say something. Yeah, jump in there. I, uh, I liked the setup. I liked everything uh, that you were talking about. I would have liked to see, because it seems like throughout the, the bit or uh, the chunk, you're kind of going in between two things. You're kind of agitated, but then you're kind of using ridiculous things and analogies to kind of point out you know, your point of view on it. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe uh, a little bit more like a little character introduction, maybe you know, stressing the voice a little bit. Or oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and when you talk about uh, you know, you're making some references to like, uh, Jesus and stuff like that. I think if you're gonna go that route, then it might be in your best interest to really like bring out that old school like, it's for Jesus, you know, like okay. get real Southern kind of, you know, with it. But uh, no, I, I liked it, I think it was good. Uh, it sounds like you're still trying to kind of figure it out, so you're more yeah. of like thinking about what comes next. Yeah. I've never ranted. I've always tried to do like one-liners, and today I'm like, rah. And rants can be really frustrating as you, uh, because the key to a good rant is to make it flow, to make it passionate, and to make it sharp. So it's just boom, 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 mm -hmm. boom. And it's really hard when you first start doing those 
are working on them because you're still trying to remember what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's definitely worth uh, you know showing interest in, maybe even doing some of the old rehearse in the mirror to really get your points down so you can fire it off like really fast. But it was good. Definitely worth investing in. Thank you. Yay! Kenzuki, we're going to move on fast because we want to fit everybody in. Everybody put your hands together. It's Chrisville! Yay! Thank you. Um, okay. There's a... You know, I, uh, I know this weird thing about myself that I sort of grew up being taught to not worry about the future, don't worry about the past too much, just focus on the now. It's all about the now. And I do that, you know. I, I don't really have a plan. I don't really care what happens afterwards. Just a little bit, but not too much. But what's weird is that I don't care about my future, but I'm like, if Marvel doesn't come out with a plan for their movies, I would have gotten like really pissed, you know. Like I'm more concerned about the future of our products than myself. Like, if the next iPhone sucks, I'll be really disappointed. But if my next job sucks, whatever. We'll just go with it, man. Who cares, right? Like, I don't know. I think that's okay. Because to be concerned about the products. Because the products, our products are going to be our future. They're going to run everything. It's just going to be robots. If the movies are right, and I hope they are. It'll just be robots. We'll have iDroids. That'd be cool. I know, I think I'm mixing brands, but iDroids. <laughs> I, well, like, there, there are no brands in the future. I don't think there's going to be brands. We're gonna, it's just going to be whatever it is. It's just going to be a robot and doesn't care about ads because it's going to control it all. So we just have iDroids, and they're just going to be giant things. They're like, I will control you. No, not iDroids. I, I2D2s. I want that to be the thing. I2D2s, just rolling around like, I rule you all. Would you like a massage, sir? Like, that's going to be our future. That's how they're going to rule it. We're ruled by waiters. And that's how you know the human race sucks, because we allow ourselves to be ruled by waiters, which hasn't happened, but I'm assuming it could, because um, of the way things are going. Uh, which I don't know how things are going. I'm not that aware of it all. But I, I think we have to like learn to laugh a little bit more at things. Like I have a theory that the day a movie like 12 Years a Slave becomes a comedy is a day that racism will be over. You know, like that's, that's what has to happen. And I love movies, you know? I love movies like, but I understand that there are problem, problems with it. Like Birth of a Nation, I understand how it's considered a classic, how it influenced a lot of movies that are still being made today. But it's weird for me to call Birth of a Nation a classic. because It's like calling racism a classic, you know? It's just weird, it freaks me out. Like I don't want to do that. Like, uh, it's, uh, which is, other people it's fine thank you um i have enough time for the other one <laughs> let me see if i can have a quick one um oh this is just like the premise to a joke that i haven't figured out but like i'm not freaked out by horror movies anymore or anything like that like ever since i was 10 nothing scared me nothing phased me because <laughs> when i was 10 i was i was I was circumcised, and I remember the, the first time I saw like my new dick, I was like, it looked, it was all scratched. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird. And I don't know, that that might be a joke one day, but it's just too, I don't like to think about it either. So why would anybody else want to talk about it with me? So thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Chrisville, we don't have time for comments, so we can get Tommy McGuire in. I apologize. All right, last comic of the night, everybody. Clap your hands wildly. Tommy McGuire. The smooth sounds of Christmas tunes and Tommy McGuire. Yeah. 
like it. It's going to be a mellow set, too. Good. How you guys doing? Yay! Literally, you four guys. Uh, anybody else traveling home for the holidays? Yeah, right? Looking forward to it? That's weird. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it, too, man. Um, but it comes with its own side of stress. I, I'm literally looking forward to, like, hugging my mom. You know what I mean? I only get to do it, like, once a year. But I'm also going to have to eat her shitty food, listen to her fucking stories about my shitty family. Oh, what's that? Aunt Tammy's going back into the ghost hunting uh, business, huh? Cool. She's one of those uh, I'm 118th Cherokee Blackfoot. She fucking can't spell either word, but apparently she can talk to ghosts. It's not a joke. These are things she's told me. Oh, what's that? Uncle Mike found a new bridge to live under? Yeah, yeah, and you're still sending him money, huh? Cool. Yeah, awesome. Good decision, Mom. I am looking forward to seeing my Uncle Jackie, though. Uh, he's retarded, so at least he has an excuse, unlike all of his brothers and sisters. It's like when you get to a party, you don't know anybody, and you see a dog, you're like, all right, cool. It's going to be all right. Same with my Uncle Jackie. Just kick it with him, you know, agree that the mashed potatoes are a little too mashed, stuff like that. It's cool. I love my Uncle Jackie. Uncle Mike, he can go fuck himself. Eight kids. One man, eight kids. Five teeth. <laughs> Didn't mean, that, mean to make that a joke, but that's fucking exactly what's going on. Piece of shit. Kill, kill two people. Yeah. Only did three years because he's white. Mm. But uh, the other things I'm not looking forward to, well, I'm looking forward to like, going out with my friends, going and drinking at the old same bars and all that stuff, running the same people. And uh, wondering if I've ever had sex with my friend's new fiance. <laughs> and if that's the case, if that's not the case, you know, sorry, girl, you missed the boat. If that is the case, sorry, girl, I'm bad at sex. Yeah. Um, don't think I have any more for you guys. Nope, that's it. All right. Thanks, guys. That's not it, Tommy McGuire. Tell them about your show that's upcoming on the 16th or 15th. All right, fans of comedy. You guys out there listening, if you're not at the Parkside on 17th in Wisconsin on the December the 15th at 8 p.m., you're blowing it. It's Tuesday night. Starts at 8. Should be over by 10.30. You can get back to you. You get plenty of sleep for your shitty job in the morning. But... I have put together a great show, a great cheap show. We got cheap beers, cheap food, and great comics. Headlining is Kasim fucking Bentley. Featuring Natasha Muse, Roman Leo, Jesse Het, a gentleman who performed earlier, Paul fucking Sanford, and is also going to be hosted by the notorious Mean Dave. It's going to be a great night. $5 holler. Come see what it's about. Come see me. I'll be doing a set, hopefully, unfortunately, whatever. I'm really selling this one, huh? I'm great at this. But please come through. It'd be great to see you guys. All right, Tommy McGuire, I'm out. All right, go see Tom McGuire's show at the Parkside. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight on the Joke Workshop. It's every Monday from 
6 to 8 p.m. We are followed by FTW, Forever Two Wheels, so listen to them as well. And we'll see you guys soon. Uh, listen to the AltaCast on Wednesdays from, Wednesdays from noon to 2. Happy Hour Open Mic on Fridays from 6 to 8. And Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. It's only $5, and there's always a great lineup. All right, have a good week, everybody. You tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. 
Hello comrades, this is your comrade Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday 2 to 4 p.m. Broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beat and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Classical Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.MutinyRadio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at MutinyRadio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural... Happy Monday. Forever two wheels. Yeah. It's going, Paul. It's going pretty good, Well, Bill. How the fuck are you? Oh, man. It's 
Beautiful. It's Monday night down here in the Mission. Nice and toasty warm in here. It's kind of cozy. It, it's actually getting more and more cozy by the minute. Is there anybody else coming in? It's all the hot air blowing inside the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually bodily warmth. There's so many people in here tonight. Yes. We got a pretty interesting uh, evening lined up for you tonight. We got a couple of uh, special guests, and we got a couple of our regular guests coming in as well. So. Yeah, yeah, we do. A lot, a lot going on in the world. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the world. Actually, um, there's some fucked up shit going on in the world too, right? Yeah. Do we want to talk about that a little bit to begin with? Like, like, what kind of bad stuff? 